Okay, hey friends, it's Deb, and welcome to Thriving Alcohol Free with Mocktail Mom. How are you? I am coming into you tonight with a glass of um, poor man's sangria, as we like to call it. It's half uh, alcohol-free red wine and half fresca. This recipe comes from original founding member, the first founding member of Thriving Alcohol Free, my private membership, <laughs> Jennifer P., who I actually got to meet in real life. I was up at a, in her town. I'll tell you about that in a minute. But... Um, so I'm coming into you. It's just you, me, and the microphone. There's no intro music today. There's no outro music. I want to just do a mini episode. I want to share with you a little bit about what's going, been going on the last few months um, behind the scenes and why there's been a little bit of inconsistency in podcast drops and why that's been why that's happened. Um, has not been my intention, but there's just been certain weeks that have been... Um, been more of a challenge than others. So you may also hear Coco snoring. She's here uh, in, I mean, my older daughter's bedroom. She's away at college. And so I'm in her bedroom. This is my podcast studio. And my dog Coco likes to sleep on her bed and snore while I podcast. So I hope you're not snoring. (laughs) Hope you're doing well. Um, So it's almost summer. Tomorrow's first day of summer. And I want to just share um, the theme of today's podcast is to protect your sobriety and to share your story. So number one, we're gonna start with share your story. Uh, when I was up at Generation NA, when I got to go up to um, this beautiful bottle shop up in Lafayette, Indiana, um, I went up there and I did a like a mocktail mom tasting. We did two. I, I made two different alcohol-free drinks, two mocktails um, that people who were visiting the shop that day got to taste. So we did a cranberry mule and a mint julep. Since I live in Kentucky, I thought we got to do a mint julep. Um, so that was great. So I got to meet a bunch of people and, you know, meet customers and just, and meet Rob who owns this shop and and meet Jennifer um, P who is the first member of my, my membership and actually, you know, meet IRL in real life. It was so much fun. It was just like, like, it was so fun. But being in his shop was like being Charlie in the chocolate factory. I mean, it was just like the mech, this is the mecca of non-alcoholic options. Everything you can imagine. Everywhere you look is something that like, oh my gosh, I could drink that. I could, you don't have to think like, it's an alcoholic. It's like when I go to Total Wine, it's like I'm really, really looking at labels. In his shop, you don't have to really look at labels. You just go, oh, I, I know I can drink that. So it's so fun. Um, so thank you, Rob. If you're listening, thank you. Thank you for having me. And um, so, so appreciate it. It was wonderful to be there. And I cannot wait to go back up there. Um, but when I was there, when I came, Rob said, um, he said, I've got a couple of employees and, you know, one of them's working today. You'll meet her and I have another employee. She's off today, but I think she's going to stop by. And I was like, okay, great. You know, anyway, so then this, um, I met, met his one employee who's working, um, super, super sweet. And then, um, met, um, this other gal who came in. She also works there and she told me, oh, um, we were supposed to, um, Oh, she said, we're leaving tomorrow for, um, for Alaska. My cousin, my cousin's here. He and I were driving to Alaska. I was like, wow, driving to Alaska from Indiana. Holy cow. So we were chit-chatting and she offered me a sample of um, a product, a new product that they had from, uh, from the UK that they were, they were going to be doing a tasting of coming up. So I got to try that and we're just chit-chatting and then I'm talking with other people and stuff and doing, you know, giving out samples and stuff. And then before her, this gal's name uh, was Lauren, who's, who was not working that day, but had come in. And um, she was getting ready to leave and stuff. She said, I just wanted to, she pulled me, not pull me aside, but we were just talking one-on-one. And she said, I just wanted to tell you that um, my cousin and I were supposed to leave today for our trip to Alaska. And when I found out that you were going to be here, I asked him if we could please postpone the trip so I could meet you, you know, because I've been following you and, you know, you've just been an encouragement to me. And it's meant so much, it meant so much to me to meet you. And I started crying. I mean, I really, like, it impacted my heart so much. This is not about me. This is about how important it is to share our story and how, how just 
how thankful I am that by sharing my story, I've been able to be an encouragement to this sweet, sweet young girl who is walking in sobriety, who is, you know, she's doing it. And this person I've never met before that would come up to me and feel connected to me and, and just share that she's been encouraged and that, um, that in some small way I've played a, you know, tiny role of just encouraging her on her journey. And, um, so it sounds so silly. So again, it's not about, this is not about me or like, Ooh, look at me. No, I'm just saying for you to share your story because all of us have a a story to share. You know, if we're, if we're living out an alcohol-free lifestyle or, or we're starting again, whatever that story is, whatever your story is, it's unique to you and it will impact other people in your sphere of influence, whatever that is, whether it's one-on-one, somebody you meet in a store, somebody you know from work, a family member, somebody on a podcast that you're sharing, your Instagram, whatever it is, our stories make a difference when we share them. And it really, it kind of regrounded me of how important it is to keep sharing my story, to keep sharing and to not be discouraged because there are days where it's just, you know, you think like, is anybody listening? <laughs> I know it sounds so silly to say, you know, but you do, you're just like, you don't know, you don't know who's listening. I mean, I see, oh, there's downloads, you know, but I don't know who's listening. And I, you know, I just, it was just very, very encouraging to my heart that it's making a difference that, you know, I want my life to make a difference. I want my life to count. I don't want to just be here on this earth and accumulate things. I want my life to make a difference. And so Lauren, I thank you for sharing those words with me because it made a huge impact on me and it really regrounded me on why I'm doing what I'm doing, why I have a podcast, why I have a membership, why I share on Instagram, Facebook, why I have a Facebook group to make a difference in the lives of people who are looking for alcohol-free options, to share that the fun is not over, there are still good things to drink, your life is not over. So there's that about sharing your story. So that's that bit. The second bit I want to share about protecting our sobriety. I want to try to get through this without crying, so forgive me if I do. I'm going to try not to sniff in this microphone because it will not sound good, especially if you're wearing headphones. Okay, so I come from a wonderful family. I am the middle of three girls. I, I came from the best family ever. The worst thing that happened to me growing up was we had to eat peas. And I'm not kidding when I say that. I mean, I really I had the most wholesome, loving parents. My father's voice is what I hear in my head. Debbie, you can do it. You can do it. I believe in you. Oh, you can do it. You should do that. You could do that. He is the voice of encouragement that I hear all the time in my head. Anything that I want to start this podcast, I heard my dad's voice. You can do it, Debbie. Start that Instagram account. You can do it, Debbie. Talk to that brand. You can do it, Debbie. You can do it. And so I want to be that voice for you as well. You can do it. You can do it. You can keep walking in your sobriety. It is possible. I want to share with you, though, um, about my wonderful family. So middle three girls. Um, anyway, most wonderful parents. And so uh, there are I'm the middle. Okay, so my older sister, when she was born, she's going to be Rachel or David. If she was a boy, she's going to be David. Me, Debbie, or David. None of us, neither of us were Davids. My little sister comes along. She's going to be Miriam or David. Well, she's Miriam, not a David. My parents never got their David. They never got their David. So my sisters and I all said, we have kids. 
whoever has the first boy, we're like, well, hopefully the husbands will agree to this, but whoever has the first boy, we're going to name him David. And so my older sister, Rachel, um, she's got two kids, Sarah and David. And um, in 1996, uh, David came into this world and our family finally, we finally got our David, um, who we had been, my parents had been praying for and hoping for, for years and years and years. I actually got to be in the room when my sister had David, uh, my sister and my brother-in-law, Gordon, um, they've been married 31 years, and um, my brother-in-law was holding my sister's left hand. I was holding my sister's right hand when she pushed him into this world. It was the most miraculous thing to be in that room. The only other time was when I had my older daughter, Hannah, when I'd been in the room with somebody, myself, or been with somebody else, my sister, but she had her baby, David. And um, it was just incredible, but I actually thought something was really wrong with him, ironically. <laughs> Because he was like total conehead, you know, I'd never been there when a baby was born. And so he was total conehead. I was like thinking as they're like cleaning him off and they're putting a little blue bonnet on his head and they're going to hand him to my sister. I'm thinking like, how am I going to tell her like something's really wrong with him? <laughs> Nothing was wrong with him. He was totally normal. That's exactly how he was supposed to look <laughs> after being born. But I had no idea. Anyway, he was perfectly fine. Didn't talk to us for, but um, he was, um, he was into jujitsu. He was into power lifting. He was like a, just a brick of muscles, you know, just a, a all muscles. But inside, he was just the most gentle, gentle, most loving person. Never said a bad thing about anybody. He just kind, just kind, kind. I don't, I don't know a better way to describe him besides and just hilarious and fun, just. He was just perfect. I just described him as my perfect nephew. Anytime my sister would be on the phone with him or, I'd, you know, we'd be chit chat, she'd say, oh, I gotta go, David's calling me. Was, the first thing out of my, my mouth was, I love him. That was like, that was when I just felt, I just feel for him. I love him. Such a love, that boy. So David was coming up on three years of sobriety, um, and he was protecting his sobriety. He was walking in his sobriety. Um, so... Um, he had some medical issues I won't get into, nothing to do with his sobriety. And so, shockingly, he passed away on uh, March March 10th of this last year. Absolute, absolute shock to our family, and it has really thrown us into, um, yeah, just something you, you just, you, you don't even, you just can't plan for, can't, ex you just don't even know how to deal with it. I'm not drinking. I know, I'm, I know that's not going to help. That's not going to change anything. Um, and there's been times where that's hard. You know, it's like, boy, it'd be really nice to just zone out, you know, buzz on out of, uh, of the pain and of the hurt. But um, what I wanted to share, though, about protecting your sobriety, how David impacted me after his passing. My younger sister and I went into his apartment um, on behalf of our family and um, packed up his apartment because he lived out in Philadelphia where we had all grown up and stuff. So he was still living out there. And um, we went in, packed up his apartment, and um, we found, you know, obviously like all his everything, right? I mean, he, he wasn't sick, you know, at the time he didn't know he was passing away. So, you know, all his notes and everything, you know, whole life is just right there. And he had his list, his goal lists, which I'm so glad we found those his list of goals, his year goal and his five-year goal goals. And um, it impacted me so much because the top of both of those lists, his year goals and his five-year goals, the top of both of those lists was sobriety. 
So like on his five-year goal, this was so sweet. You know, he was like at the prime of, you know, just the start of his life. He had like pulled himself out of the pit of addiction. He had pulled himself out. He had a good job. He was walking in sobriety. And so to see those things on his list as a, you know, mid-20-year-old guy, you know, um, buy a house, have a six-figure job, you know, he had just had dreams that all of us, many of us, I shouldn't say all, but I mean, many of us have, you know, just normal dreams, the American dream. But at the top of his list was sobriety. And my nephew taught me after his passing how important it is that none of those other goals, none of those things that he was hoping for would have been possible if he had not had sobriety at the top of the list, if sobriety was not still happening in his life. Not saying everybody has to be sober. I'm not saying everybody, you know, shouldn't drink or whatever. I'm saying if you struggle with alcohol, sobriety is probably the best option. You know, for me, not drinking is the best option. I'm not saying it's for everybody. If you're listening and you're not, it's fine. There's no judgment. I'm not saying that's judgment. I'm just saying, but if you are, and if you are walking in an alcohol-free lifestyle or you are walking in sobriety and you have other things in your life you want to accomplish, keeping sobriety as number one is the only way that everything else is going to happen. It's the only way. So I am dedicating this episode to my nephew, David, and his reminder to me beyond the grave to protect my sobriety. And I want to share that with you today, to protect your sobriety. Um, Okay, I'm so sorry I'm crying. I really have been trying not to cry. I'm trying not to cry. Okay. Last but not least, what I want to leave you with, and this comes from this wonderful book that I have. It's called Imagine Heaven. Oh my gosh, it's so incredible. It's so encouraging. But um, I want my life to count, and I know you want your life to count. I know that we are not here by accident, and I know that you have dreams and goals, and I want you to continue walking in your sobriety and continue fulfilling Whatever it is, whatever purpose it is that you are here. Um, So I just hope this encourages you because when I read this, it encouraged me so much. And it says, You are of utmost importance to God and you have something to offer that no one else on the planet can accomplish like you can. In fact, God has already planned good works for you to walk in to make a unique impact in the world. And so I share that with you today because God has amazing plans for you. You were knit together in your mother's womb. You are not an accident. You are here for a reason. I am here for a reason. I am going to continue to walk forward to trust him in the midst of pain, pain that I have never, could never, ever have imagined. Watching my sister, watching my sister's pain is unreal. So, I'm sorry if you're crying. I was not trying to come on here. I've been really trying. I'm like, for three months, I've been wanting to come on here and share about my nephew, David, and what an impact he made on my life, and what an impact he made on our family. And I hope that by sharing his story, a little bit of his story, and the importance of protecting your sobriety, and the importance of sharing your story, and how important that is. So, that's it. I'm sorry if you, I should have said at the beginning of this, I should have said bring some tissue. I didn't know I was going to be crying so much. I should have known. I should have known. I've tried. I've been, try, I've been in my mind what I wanted to share. 
for that my nephew David. It's really been on my heart. I just have not been able to sit down at this microphone and talk about him. But um, thank you for listening. If you're still listening, this wasn't as many of an episode as I thought it would be. <laughs> but um, I hope your heart is encouraged um, that you are here for a reason, that God has a wonderful plan for your life, and that I am so thankful so thankful to be connected to you through this podcast or through Instagram or for wherever it is that you are listening in. Um, so thankful to be a small part of your journey. And I um, just want you to know that the fun is not over. There are still good things to drink um, and that it is an absolute blessing and an absolute uh, gift to be able to do this podcast and to be of encouragement, hopefully to your heart. So big time cheers. Um, we have, I have a lot planned actually for July. Super excited because I have some uh, Instagram buddies, mocktail buddies who are going to be coming in in July and we are going to be talking specifically like for dry July about what to drink when you're not drinking. So get ready, buckle up for uh, the summer. We'll be talking a lot about mocktails and about alcohol-free lifestyle, but really about, um, you know, about kind of what things to drink, what, what people in the mocktail community are drinking when they're not drinking. So anyway, that's it. Okay, that's all. There's not going to be any music. This is it. I'm signing off. Lots of love, and we'll talk to you guys soon.